Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Newspaper Podcast. Now this show was originally going to be all about reviewing last night's Impact Wrestling Homecoming pay-per-view. However, we're going to start the only place we can start, which is by talking about this newsworthy weekend about Kenny Omega, about New Japan Pro Wrestling, about all the comings and goings and what exactly is going on in Japan. Right, so we'll start with Kenny Omega. Now, Omega, he has done an interview with Tokyo Sports, where in that interview, he said that he will be leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling when his contract expires on January 31st. Now, as we all know with Omega, he is... He's really got a track record of saying stuff like this. He hints stuff, do you know what I mean? Just to get an attention, a story. I remember I remember the Royal Rumble a few years ago. He's tweeting pictures of him playing a Royal Rumble video game. So it is not out of the question that this is all just basically to cash in on the story that's going around at the moment. However, he said that in the Tokyo Sports. He was at a New Japan Pro Wrestling press conference last night. I'll just where Chris Charlton actually tweeted out what he said in Japanese at this show. So I'm just going to read out what Chris Charlton said. Chris Charlton said that Omega said at this press conference, there is no real place for me to fit. So it's best for me not to be in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I can't be there working under Tanahashi. I don't think he surpassed me. I don't think he's better. If we can, I want to face him again, but I need time away and not just from New Japan. Right, so that press conference was last night, and the second that that happened, there was news articles all over the internet with the headline, Kenny Omega leaves New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, I'd just be a little bit, I'm not saying it's not the case, but I'd just be a little hesitant before posting stuff like that and before believing things like that. Omega has done this before. If you remember two years ago after his match with Okada, this he was saying all this sort of stuff. It could well be a work. So I think it's a little bit premature, shall we say, to be thinking that this is the case that Omega has left New Japan. It could just be a story. So, I mean, as of the weekend, New Japan, it's been said that New Japan, they were confident of keeping Omega and Jericho around New Year's Dash, around Wrestle Kingdom time. But obviously, there's been a lot of talk over the past case of the weekend, the week before, about Omega leaving. And now he's added a lot of fuel to the fire by saying himself that he's going to be leaving New Japan. But it's just wrestling at the moment. We can't believe anything we hear. Do you know what I mean? Stories are leaked to the press to get us to think one thing. Other things are happening. So I just wouldn't. People are saying it's official. Omega has left New Japan. It is not official yet. So if you're a New Japan diehard fan who's gutted Omega's gone. Some of you may not be. Just don't Just don't say that it's 100% sure for now. Um, to me personally, if he does leave, so if this story is true, which I said not to get carried away with, but if he, however, does leave, where's he going to go? Is he going to go to WWE? Is he going to go to All Elite Wrestling? Personally, I wouldn't be surprised if he did go to WWE. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, but I'd be surprised. But it wouldn't be the biggest shock ever, as he has been on record as saying he wants what to him is a dream match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania. He has said that that is what he wants at some point in his career. 
Personally, if I'm Omega, what do I do? Do I go to WWE where I don't have any control? Well, not any control, but mostly I don't have any control over my storylines. We know Omega's very creative. He likes to add all his own touches. However, he could go to All Elite Wrestling where he could pretty much be in complete control of his storylines, his matches, his character. Tony Khan, who is the owner of All Elite Wrestling, he's a rich guy. He's, his dad, is it him or him? They own the Jacksonville Jaguars. They own Fulham FC over here in England. Tony Khan spent $100 million on pretty bad transfers this summer for Fulham. Do you know what I mean? £100 million on players that haven't really done that, done it much for them this season. So the Khans are not afraid of spending money. So it's not a case of them not being able to afford Omega. They could pay Omega as much as they wanted to. And if they're serious about making this All Elite Wrestling work, they need to go out there and get Omega. So if I'm Omega, I, you go to All Elite Wrestling... There's the money there, there's the freedom, the creative control, all your friends, your best friends are there. Get Ibushi to go with you maybe, because Ibushi, he, like everyone forgets this, Ibushi is not contracted to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, it, it's what this what a start to 2019 this has been in terms of news. I feel like the football, for the guys over here in the UK, the football transfer window opened January 1st. It appears the wrestling transfer window is the main attraction of the month of January for 2019. So yeah, where does Omega go? Does he stay in New Japan? As I say, people are assuming that it's fact that he's gone. It's not fact. It could be a story. I'm not saying it is a story, but there is a chance it could be. So don't bank on the fact that he's not going to be a New Japan. Another thing, I can see Omega wanting to work Madison Square Gardens. Do you know what I mean? He He's going to be want to be on that MSG show. I'd be very surprised if we don't see Omega on the MSG show. But, hey, who knows what could happen. Another story, I tweeted it out earlier. This is a big story, possibly even bigger than the Omega story. This affects possibly the whole entire year. New Japan Pro Wrestling, they will not be working with All Elite Wrestling as of this moment. There will be no talent that will be shared between the two companies as New Japan have instead decided to continue their partnership with Ring of Honor. Obviously, Ring of Honor and All Elite Wrestling, they're competitors. They're, do you know what I mean? They're, they're Man United, Liverpool, they're... The Lakers against, I don't know, <laughs> Golden State Warriors, whatever. They are neck and neck against each other. They're going to be competing. They've been friends in the past. The book to work for Ring of Honor, but it's all going to change now. And New Japan, they have chose Ring of Honor. What will that, what will that lead to? This could be where the the Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega's. Do you know what I mean? He's not a Ring of Honor guy. Really makes odd appearances. If New Japan have chose Ring of Honor over All Elite Wrestling, could this affect Omega's decision to stay in New Japan? He might be annoyed they've not signed. I mean, they've not partnered up with All Elite Wrestling with his best friends, the Bucks. So, it it could be anything at the moment. As I say, there's a lot of news out there. Don't believe all the rumors you hear. As I say, nothing is confirmed. Tomorrow press conference, rally, All Elite Wrestling in, it's, I think it's it's wherever SmackDown is, wherever SmackDown is, it might be Jacksonville actually, I'm not sure, wherever SmackDown is, tomorrow there is going to be a rally for All Elite Wrestling, I expect them to announce where their first show is, they might reveal some signings, I think that's late Eastern time, be late over in the UK, so Tuesday, I think the 7th, is it, is it the 7th, Tuesday the 8th, 
Tuesday the 8th of January, there's going to be an All Elite Wrestling Rally. We might get to find out where Omega's going, probably not, but we will find, I'm sure some big news will come out of that. So, yeah, that, that's it really, do you know what I mean? The, the rally's tomorrow, Omega hasn't officially left New Japan Pro Wrestling, despite what you might have heard. It's looking likely he is going to go, but nothing is official as of yet. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an in this time next month we're probably gonna know everything. So as I say, if if they if New Japan are trying to venture in worldwide, they're trying to take over worldwide, aren't they? They need Omega. If they've lost the books and Cody, which it looks pretty much like they have, they need Omega. They need Omega. So if I'm New Japan, I'm trying to strike a deal where Omega can work all Elite Wrestling and New Japan, but. We'll see that. As of now, let's be honest, nobody knows where he's going to go. Personally, I want to see him in all elite wrestling. Let's give these guys a chance. So, yeah, that's that's basically all the news that we know on it at the moment. So, what you've heard, I've tried to break it down for you in an order. That is the latest news on all elite wrestling and Kenny Omega. Now, one thing we do know is official that was made at the press conference last night, which is sort of getting looked over. This is confirmed. Kushida is leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling on January the 31st when his contract expires. So Kushida, he's been rumoured to be in talks with WWE for quite a while now. Obviously, maybe he's going to surprise us all in time for All Elite Wrestling, but I think he's probably going to go to WWE. That's, this rumour's been going around for months. Kushida said he wants to work abroad. For me... Kushida's great in the ring. He perhaps doesn't quite have that it factor, the character for WWE. So I'd be, if I'm him, I'd be a little bit worried about going over. I could see another case of Hideo Itami. Do you know what I mean? There's I can't even think of it as Tazaki, is it? I can't think of his name for 205 Live. He's really talented. He's not doing anything. Itami's not doing anything. I could really see Kushida might be over in NXT, but I can't see him doing it, cutting the mustard on the main roster. Vince will look at him and just... Well, let's not get into what Vince will think. But, a good look to him. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's had some great matches for New Japan. But, personally, I can't see a move to WWE working out. Obviously, he'll get a good payday, so it'll work out for him in that manner. So, yeah, Kushida left New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, one more note before we get into the review of last night's Impact Wrestling Homecoming show... And that is just a quick one. For all these people that are tweeting Will Ospreay, giving him abuse, saying that, do you know what I mean, he injured Ibushi with his reckless running forearm, his elbow, whatever. Ibushi wasn't injured off that. Ibushi took a knock to the head from a kick, I believe. It wasn't actually the running forearm spot. The stretcher job was planned all along. It's a storyline. Ibushi is slightly injured from something else in the match, but it wasn't that running forearm and the stretcher job for I'm sorry, the stretcher job was pre-planned. So layoff Osprey is back. Um, another note last night in Rev Pro was Pack versus Zack Saber Jr. Um, it's said to be a really good match, disappointing ending as I think the referee Chris Roberts, who you've seen on the Wrestle Kingdom show, he called for a disqualification when I think Saber might have attacked him or something like that. So the match ends in disqualification, and after the match, Osprey flew all the way to England just like Saber did and confronted Pack in the middle of the Rev Pro ring. So if you that match will be uploaded on Rev Pro on demand later on in the week, so check the Sabre Pack match out. 
when it is released. I'll post a link on my Twitter when it's released. I'll review the match in Friday's version of the Wrestling Newspaper podcast. So hopefully if it's out by then I will be anyway. So that's it. I'm out of breath a little bit. I've run through everything for you. I've done my best to try and update you all on that situation. That is all we know at the moment. When we come back, stay with us. We will be breaking down last night's Impact Wrestling Homecoming pay-per-view. Stay with us. I am the man. This is my yard now. Who wants to walk with Elias? The new Daniel Bryan. The WWE Champion. Impact Wrestling Homecoming 2018. This show was a return back to where it all started for what was then TNA in Nashville at the same same building where all their two-hour pay-per-view shows were back in the day, their weekly pay-per-view shows. So, yeah, so I actually liked the logo on the stage for this show. The Homecoming logo I thought was really good. So, yeah, the show opened. I don't know why I'm talking about the logo, but, hey, I, I liked it. So, yeah, we had a great video package detailing the history of Impact slash TNA. It was really good. You've seen some stars on there. There was your AJ Styles, your Bobby Roods, your Stings, your Jeff Jarrett's. It was a really just brought back a few memories for you TNA Impact Wrestling fans. Right, so the opener. The opener was a traditional TNA-style match. It was an X-Division title match for in the Ultimate X. Now, the Ultimate X is basically where the title holds above some ropes above the ring. The first person to grab the title, used to be an X, but grab the title, land on the floor, wins the match. So the match is Ethan Page versus ex-WWE star Rich Swan versus Trey of the Rascals. The Rascals are a great tag team on the independent scene. I think they're in impact enough I'm not, I'm not 100% sure I said don't watch the weekly shows as much as I'd like to but yes a tray of the rascals who are a great tag team and Jay Christ of Ohio versus everything so yeah so four man matches as you expect in these ultimate X matches they're going crazy Swan did an over the top rope dive takes out everyone I think it was a court screw press really impressive move you've got Trey doing moonsaults off the platform um, Chris, he does a tombstone on the ramp to Rich Swan. I'm pretty sure he must have been watching the Night Old Jericho matches. It, well, it was the exact same spot as that, but obviously it's quite a common spot in wrestling now. But yeah, Chris hits a tombstone on the ramp to Swan. Um, and then basically Paige and Chris, they work their way up to the top of the old... Well, Chris works his way up to the top of the X and he's, he's like crawling across the rope very slowly. You can t see the setting up for the spot and Paige spears him off the top of the ultimate x it was like your bootleg 
Edge spear on Jeff Hardy spot from WrestleMania 17. It wasn't the best spot, but it was fine. They took the bump, not me. So every credit to them. Right, so the match ends when Trey of the Rascals, he thinks he's hit a top rope Hurricane runner on Rich Swan, but when his back's turned, Swan lands on his feet, whilst, whilst Trey thinks that he's got the match won, Swan then starts to climb, to climb to basically reach across the rope. He gets there, Trey realises this, he scrambles, tries to get there, but Swan reaches the X Division title with his feet, grabs the title, and Rich Swan is your new X Division champion. Um, as I said, you know I mean? 2018 wasn't the best year for Rich Swan. obviously with all the stuff that went on towards his, at the end of his WWE run back in 2017. So 2018 was a tough ride to ride through for Rich Swan. But that's done with now. It's time to move on, everyone. I know he got a lot of abuse off fans, which can't have been nice for him. Him and his wife, is it? She was getting abuse at the media con show I was at in Manchester, which is just out of order, really, stuff like that. Everyone needs to move on. They've asked for people to move on. So, yeah, great start to the year for Rich Swan. He is your new X Division champion. So, yeah, it was a good match. Do you know what I mean? It was a typical, it was a spotty match, as you'd expect with these X Division matches. But it was fine. It was a good match. I've gone three and a half stars for that match now next i think there was a women's match i think it was jordan grace kira hogan teaming against Sue young and ali but at this point i hadn't actually decided if i was staying up for the show as my body clock is screwed up from all the wrestling this weekend but i thought i watched that first match i thought sorry i'll stay up so while this match was going on i was downstairs getting something to eat making a coffee so I didn't actually see this match. Don't even know who won the match. But yeah, so sorry about that. But yeah, I didn't see this match. Um, I wasn't really too bothered about it as it was a bit of a storyline play on that awful Ali and Sue Young segment at Bound for Glory pay-per-view, that horrible segment. So yeah, I'm not sure what happened. It must have been a quick match because I was only five or six minutes making my brew. So anyway, so I walked back upstairs with my extra strong coffee to try and get me through this show. And the match next is Moose versus Eddie Edwards in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Now... They're not the greatest wrestlers, you could say, Moose and Eddie Edwards, so I didn't have high hopes for this. But I thought it's false car anywhere, do you know what I mean? Maybe they'll do well. Boy, was I wrong. They did amazing. This match was absolutely fantastic. It starts off quick pace. Um, there's a, two power slams to Edwards on the side of the ring, the hardest part of the ring. They're going absolutely crazy. Eddie Edwards diving from the from the stairs to the floor. The crowd is chanting for more chairs to um, Moose. I thought this was great, but obviously Moose is the heel. So the crowd are chanting for more chairs. Moose turns around, flips them all off, which I thought was a great strike. You had Moose drawing blood from Eddie Edwards by biting him, which was a gruesome spot. Um, the match then flips towards Eddie Edwards in control. He bounces two chairs right off the head of Moose. I had my hands over my eyes for that one. And you don't really want to see unprotected chair shots to the head anymore but that's what they went with um, so these two have been brawling in the ring Edwards hits an over the top suplex and Moose goes right over the top rope through the guardrail that's balanced in between the guardrail and the ring and the guardrail falls right through it was a brutal spot so yeah this was a really I'm not a big fan of these falls count anywhere street fight sort of matches but this this was great um, they then go back into ring, they're having chop fest. Um, so the match ends when Eddie Edwards brings out his kendo stick. He's just about to whack Moose over the head when I believe Eddie Edwards' wife 
Alicia, is it? I don't know. She comes out, tries to, looks like she's about to talk Eddie Edwards out of it, but instead she grabs the kendo stick and she absolutely smashes Moose multiple times to the head. He wasn't protecting himself with this. It was a bit of a brutal spot. Smashes him with the kendo stick and Eddie Edwards ends up hitting him himself with the kendo stick and that's it. Eddie Edwards, one, two, three. Eddie Edwards beats Moose in your Falls Count Anywhere match. I love this match. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I wasn't expecting it to be a great match, but it was. I've gone four stars for this match. So, yeah, Eddie Edwards and Moose, they had a really good match here. So, you wouldn't really expect it. Eddie Edwards has sort of become, like, the king of the hardcore matches in Impact Wrestling recently. Every time, I don't, I don't really watch the weekly shows, but every time I watch one of the pay-per-views, he always seems to be in a crazy hardcore match. So yeah, so we've had, I thought it was a good start show, so we had the Ultimate X match, which was really good. The women's match, which I didn't see, and that was followed up by this Eddie Edwards Moose match, which was good. So yeah, two out of three good matches. Now next, we had someone who we're used to seeing in these brutal matches, Sammy Callahan, who the announcers... Actually, just let me just say this, because I've not actually brought this up unbelievably. Don Callis is on commentary. 48 hours ago, he's commentating Wrestle Kingdom. Now he's on the other side of the world, commentating on his own Impact Wrestling show. Every credit to the man. But it just shows how crazy wrestling is this year, with shared talent. So yeah, so Sammy Callahan versus Willie Mack. Willie Mack impressed, I think, on the last, on the Bound for Glory show the other month, so... Yeah, he gets his chance here against the Impact Wrestling Wrestler of the Year, Sammy Callahan. They actually, it was this was just a stiff match. It wasn't a hardcore match. It was just very stiff. Um, so there's a horrible spot where Callahan spits on his hand. The spit's dripping off his hand. He chops Willie Mack with it. Um, Willie Mack's so impressive. He's doing nip-ups. He's doing moonsaults. He hits the stunner. But um, it was amazing. He was really good in this match, Willie Mack. Um, and then Sammy Callahan hits. He hits a Death Valley driver for a one count. He hits a clothesline for a one count, which gets a great pop from the crowd. So Willie Mack is kicked out at one here. Yeah. Brain Cage in the main event kicks out at one, and Brain Cage Billy gets a reaction for kicking out at one. And the reason behind that for me is the crowd have already seen this happen twice. So. When you, if you're doing the kick out at one spot, try not to do it twice on the same show. Quick note there, because that is why Brian Cage didn't get a reaction for it in the main event. So after he kicks, Willie Mack kicks out a one of a Death Valley driver and a clothesline. And Callahan hits a second clothesline. He hits his finish. One, two, three. Sammy Callahan wins this match. I really enjoyed this match. Thought it was really good. I wasn't expecting it to be good, just like the previous match. But yeah, they had a really good match. So we went for three and a half stars on that match. I was very impressed, especially with Willie Mack. I thought he was brilliant in this match. Next, we have, unbelievably, we have your Monsters Ball match. Abyss is still going. Now, I was watching an Impact show for another project that I'm doing from 2004, which is 15 years ago. And Abyss is in a Monsters Ball match on that show. Well, the building up to a Monsters Ball match. And here he is 15 years later and he's still in one of these matches. Pretty unbelievable really. Obviously he doesn't look as good as he did. Well not that he looked great. But he doesn't look in as great a shape as he did back then. But he's still out there. He's still going. He must be. What is he in his 50s now I'm guessing? 
I don't know, a bit, a bit should have signed for WWE. I know he stayed loyal to TNA at the time, but I think he would have been perfect in WWE during, say, 2007-2008. But he stayed loyal, got in the TNA Hall of Fame, so he's happy with that, so we should be happy for him. So, yeah, so it's Abyss versus Eli Drake in a Monsters Ball match. They have a really tough job here following that great brawl we had between Moose and Eddie Edwards. I thought to myself, you wouldn't like to be trying to follow that with another brawl, but the crowd weren't as loud for this match. But I hate these sort of matches. I'm not going to lie, it's not my sort of match, these hardcore thumbtack matches. But for the type of match that it was, they actually do a good job. There's spots where Abyss, he hits a head belly-to-belly throw through the ropes and puts him through a table with this throw. It was an absolutely crazy spot. Seriously, you'll need to see a gif of this spot. I don't think I did it justice by his playing. So basically, he gets Eli up for the belly-to-belly, goes through the ropes. I might have even been over the top rope. He lands through the tables that are set up outside the ring. The impact of it, that's brutal. Abyss himself falls out of the ring, almost breaks his neck. Um, we've got thumbtacks. Eli throws thumbtacks at the ref's face by mistake, so the ref can't see. Abyss hits his black hole slam, but there's no count, obviously, because the ref can't see. You had a zip tie spot, which we won't talk about because it embarrassingly didn't work. But the match ends when Eli Drakes he hits Rock and Austin WrestleMania 17 style chair shots. He hits 20 chair shots to Abyss. Abyss kicks out at two, which I wasn't so sure about, but. Eli's back up, he throws more thumbtacks into the face of Abyss, throws him into the thumbtacks, gets the pin, one, two, three, and that's it, Eli Drake, Abyss does the job, he puts over the younger talent in his traditional match, and as I say, I thought it's not my favourite type of match, this was a good, it was a good hardcore match, they did well to get the crowd into it, considering what the crowd had already seen, so yeah, I'm not going to be disrespectful to it, not my sort of match, but if you're into these sort of death matches, I'm sure it was enjoyable for yourself. I've gone three and a quarter stars on that, which I think is more than generous. So yeah, it was it was enjoyable if you are that way inclined. Next, probably the most anticipated match on the show. LAX versus Pentagon and Phoenix. Now, you just know this was going to be a great match. Now, I'm not going to... If I try to run through all the moves that happened in this match, Wow. So we had a really good video package from LAX talking about themselves, talking about Penta and Phoenix that got you into the match before it started. So the crowd, this match starts right with Penta and Phoenix hitting all the finishers. They're going crazy with dives and you actually thought they was going to win this match within a minute. That's how crazy the match was, but they don't, obviously. But they made you think that it did. There must have been about 12 crazy over-the-top dives in the first five minutes. This flip elevated Canadian destroyers. It was just some of the moves in there. I can't even run through them all. It was, well, obviously I can't remember them all, but it was a crazy match. They literally, for about 12 minutes, you will not see as many moves and as much action in a match in a 10 to 12 minute match. You need to see this match. It was a gift maker's dream. It, it's probably not a match traditionalist. I can't imagine Jim Cornette giving this, putting it up there in his match of the year contenders list, but. It was fantastic. A brilliant, brilliant match. It's a really is an early contender for match of the year. It was just, you probably won't see another match as crazy as this this year, maybe. I don't know. I, I love the match. 12 minutes of absolute 
craziness. It's what wrestling are all about. The TNA fans, sorry, the Impact fans are in their element. They're busting out all the Fight Forever chants, all that sort of shite. They're busting it all out. I bet they was itching to get a This Is Awesome chant on, but they sort of moved on from that chant, haven't they? Bless them. But yeah, this is a legit match of the year contender. LAX get the win. 12 minutes of 100 mile an hour non-stop action. See what I did there? So yeah, legit match of the year contender. I've gone four and a half stars for this match. I can't do it justice by talking about it. Just go and check this match out. It was absolutely mental. So we've had a great match with this LAX match. We had a really good match with Sammy Callahan against for the minute who was Sammy Callahan against? Against Willie Mack, sorry. Sammy Callahan, Willie Mack. We had a really good match with Moose, Eddie Edwards. The opening match was fun, the Ultimate X match. We've had four good to great matches on this show. So already, it's a very good pay-per-view. I really have enjoyed this show so far. Now, this is where it sort of takes a fall. It goes all TNA on us, and it falls not off a cliff, because they still some decent action still but doesn't quite hit the levels of the four matches we've seen before this so Tessa Blanchers versus Ty Valkyrie it's a rematch from Bound for Glory they had a really good match I thought at Bound for Glory Tessa Blanchard is an absolute star it baffles me she signed with Impact Wrestling no disrespect to them she should be in WWE she should be I don't know I think she'd be perfect for all elite wrestling Found them, I'm going for her. She's fantastic. She's one of the best women's wrestlers. Des definitely in North America. She is fantastic. I'm shocked that WWE haven't made a play for her. But yeah, the crowd, as you'd expect, they're dead after what they saw in that last match. The crowd, they peaked in, during that LAX Penta Phoenix match. They peaked. The, the crowd is pretty dead for this match. Doesn't help that Taya Valkyrie is extremely green. She's sloppy. She looks uncoordinated. So yeah, the story, Miguel Kim's the special guest referee, I've not mentioned that. So yeah, so it's a very sloppy match. The match is based completely around Blanchard and Gail Kim having a bit of animosity between them. It plays into the finish. Gail hits a finish on Tessa. Taya goes on to a win. I can't remember if she hit a roll-up or if hit a finish or a roll-up. So Taya Valkyrie's your new Impact Women Knockouts, whatever it's called, champion. She wins this match, basically thanks to Gail Kim. It wasn't a good match. Don't really want to discuss it that much. Tessa, she did her best to carry Tyre to a good match, but they couldn't live up to the Bound for Glory match. And I'd never know they did a better job of hiding um, Tyre Valkyrie's flaws in that Bound for Glory match. This, not quite the case. Tyre looked poor in this match. She wins. She's your new champion. I've gone two and a half stars for this match. Very generous. The coffee must still be in my system because I was very generous. Right. Just let me flip the page for my other part of my notes. Shoot me down, I take notes. What else am I going to do? Right. Impact World title next. Johnny Impact versus Brian Cage. They've been building Brian Cage for about nine months. I think he only had one loss via pinfall, and that took three guys to do it. Impact versus Cage. Impact feels like he's been the champion for ages now. I know he only won it off Austin Aries, but he just should have been a bit of a transitional champion for me. Cage, he looks like a star. He could be a star. I thought this was the perfect time to put the belt on him, but they didn't do that. Yeah, so Johnny Impact versus Brain Cage. They should. 
They should have put the belt on Brian KG, but they didn't. Johnny Impact retains. I'll get into the match. Um, we'll start with the build-up package. The build-up package was a great video package. If you don't watch the show every week, it really made you want Brian Cage to win this match. They've done a really good job with the video packages on this show. Um, I say Cage dominates early, as you'd expect. Morrison does some of his Morrison for Panaka. You can tell I'm a WWE fan. Johnny Impact, shall we say Johnny whatever. He does his flips off the top rolls. Crowd start chanting for TNA, which I thought was a bit strange. Josh Matthews goes a bit of an old school chant there from the Impact crowd. Yeah, you could say that. At least he went chanting, this is awesome for every one star match on the show. But yeah, so this match, it was, it was fine. As I say, the crowd is dead. It was just, I think... Cage is kicking out of Starship Pains. He was trying to have that big main event match, but for me it just didn't quite work. I felt a bit sorry for them. They're following some great matches earlier on the show and it's just sort of sort of died really, didn't it? So yeah, so Impact's friends, I think, from the movie that he made are in the crowd. Cage has the match won when the crap the fans they distract the fans um, Impact's friends, they distract the referee. The referee's out there with them. So Cage doesn't get the win. Then they go for the finish. Oh, you need to see this. This was T Impact Wrestling doing TNA. Oh, so the I don't even know what they are trying. They're on the top rope. Morrison sort of, Morrison. Here we go. Johnny Impact sort of slips off as Cage is trying to lift him. They try it again. He falls off the top rope. They're messing about on the top rope for ages. They try whatever they're trying to do three times. They can't get Impact up. I can't really explain it. They just can't get him up. And what happens is they basically both just fall off the top rope. Impact lands on Cage. This was the big reversal spot that was going to decide the main event. They just fall on top of each other. It looked awful. Ref counts the pin and Cage kicks out at two. But obviously kicks out at two because I'm guessing they're going to try and get up. Do another spot, finish the match. But no, the ref isn't a part of this. The ref counts the three. So Cage kicks out at two, and the referee, Johnny Bravo, I believe his name is, counts the three count, and Impact's music hits. And nobody had a clue what was going on. The crowd were looking around confused. I'm looking around at me cat all confused. What is going on? Impact doing TNA. Terrible finish. I felt a bit sorry for them as it sort of really made the show seem a joke at the end after a really good show before it. Felt sorry for both of them. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to see a miscommunication spot like this. But they tried it multiple times. They should have. If they couldn't do it the second time, they should have called a different spot, got the match over with. Instead, we had this mess. I thought it showed quite a bit of inexperience on their part, considering the two XP. Well, Impact certainly is an experienced wrestler. They didn't handle this very well for me. So yeah, Impact retains the TNA, well, Impact World Heavyweight Champion, he retains that in a, it was a bit of a mess of a match, probably a two and three quarter star, three star match, yeah, so it was a shame the show ended with a mess, so that was it, that was your show, I think it ended, Killer Cross came out and attacked Johnny Impact at the end of the show, and that was it, so yeah, I feel like I've rushed through this review, I've got to get out to work really, so I just thought I wanted to get a bit of audio out there talking about the homecoming show, hope I've run through it, it's not to say I don't watch Impact that often, so I don't really, I'm not, don't really know what I'm talking about like I would do with your WWE, New Japan, indie stuff, I've run through the matches for you, as I say, we had a good Ultimate X match to open the show, we had the... Willie Mack, Sammy Callahan, they had a good match. We had a great Moose and Eddie Edwards street fight. We had a crazy LAX versus Lucha Brothers, Penta and Phoenix match, which you need to see. So, 
do you know what I mean? Four really good to great matches on this show. We'll just forget about the so-called double main event. Four really great matches on this show. Go and check them out. They are great. I enjoyed this pay-view. It was a really fun show. Even though the main event was a bit of a mess, it was, in a sick way, still fun to watch. So it was a really good Impact Wrestling pay-view. I enjoyed the show. I might try and check more of their weekly stuff out. So yeah, I can't praise it enough overall. Four great matches. What more could you want? A mess of a main event. Typical TNA style. What more could you ask for? It, it was fitting that in their homecoming show, the main event got messed up. Because I've seen so many messed up TNA main events along the years. But yeah, some great stuff. Some not so great stuff on this show. But overall, a really good show. Check this show out. Do you know what I mean? I enjoyed it. So that's it. That's it. We've reviewed Impact for you. We've spoke about this Omega stuff. Raw's tonight. Smackdown's tomorrow. Um, we will be back on the wrestling newspaper podcast. Probably might do a show later on. I'll be doing a show later on in the week. Talking about Raw. Talking about Smackdown. I myself am off to the NXT UK Blackpool shows this weekend. So I'll probably do a preview on those shows. Quick plug. I will be the guest host on the Impact Zone podcast. Yeah, the Impact Zone podcast. Basically, Sean that I met at WrestleMania in New Orleans, he is doing a podcast which basically talks about TNA pay-per-views from the very start. So we'll be running through Victory Roll 2004, which was the first TNA pay-per-view, first TNA three-hour pay-per-view. We'll be starting there and we'll be reviewing from 2004 onwards. I'll be the guest host on this show for each show hopefully this as i said this is sean's podcast follow him i think it's at tna impact underscore pod yep so i'm going to retweet their link so follow them i say i'll be the guest host on the show we'll be running through every tna pay-per-view there has been so we're going to start with victory roll that show will be up later on in the week i've been watching some of the impacts leading up to the show as i mentioned before it should be interesting it should be real fun to do a show with sean so check that out we on the wrestling newspaper will be back later in the week as i said this has been us talking about the impact wrestling homecoming show as i said don't believe everything you read about kenny omega some people just like to sell a very good headline to get clicks on their tweets so yeah that's it homecoming tna's impact first pay-per-view of the year is in the books some great stuff some not so good stuff I'm Daniel. I hope you've enjoyed the show. It's a shorter show than normal. We'll be back later in the week talking everything WWE, everything NXT UK Blackpool related. See you later in the week. See you later.